you've got a tail of young ewes, you know, one and two year old ewes that are already in poor body condition, they're the ones that are less likely to be there as five and six and seven year olds. Um, so you need to get into them early and put in a targeted plan to, to lift uh, their condition up. Hello, I'm Kieran Lynch and welcome to Novicast, the Chagas Sheep Podcast. Each episode will bring you latest insights, advice and technical updates for the sheep industry. Why are you always leaving flocks and can we actually reduce the level of your wastage? We discuss this topic in more detail with Professor Paul Kenyon from Massey University in this week's episode. Paul discusses the reasons yours are cold and lost out of the system. We discuss the impact that that can have on flock output, land performance and the cost within our systems. Paul talks about the variation in your replacement rates in flocks in New Zealand and some of the reasons for the differences among farms. We finish up discussing how we can alter management on farms to improve your longevity in a flock and improve overall productivity. We start off the episode with Paul putting the subject in context. It's often underestimated that we've got animals leaving our flock all year round and that um, they're leaving for many reasons. Um, simple reasons like the ewes dying, but also they're being culled for a number of things that farmers can cull on. Um, and so what actually the net effect is, is that instead of culling ewes for age at six or seven years of age, very few of our ewes actually make it that far. And you know that's the case when you look at the replacement rates that are coming in. If farmers have got replacement rates of 25 to 30%, that means there's that many ewes going out of the system every year. And when you then take out 30% each year and there's less and less of each year age group get, you might only have 10 or 15% of ewes that actually get to that age where you want to cull them. Um, you know, many farmers are culling it at six or seven years of age because I've sl- gone past that peak performance years of years four and five. They're starting to decline and farmers are starting to get concerned about those older ewes aren't performing as, as well and they're at greater risk to have health issues and therefore greater work for the farmer. I think it's fair to say probably the only time it really dawns on most of us in the industry is before the ram goes out and we do our final count, well, how many breeding ewes we left? And you start looking back, all of a sudden we realise we have a lot of ewes after dropping out of the system at different stages. I suspect that's the same irrespective of country. It's it's not really till that point we consider what's after leaving. Fair to say we probably don't think about why they're leaving either. That's right. They're, they're leaving for a number of reasons. In, in a New Zealand scenario, they're, they're leaving because a farmer post-weaning might decide to cull some ewes he doesn't like the look of or, or, or believes their performances aren't up to um, up to specs. Um, in New Zealand, they might get culled at pregnancy scanning if they're non-pregnant. Generally, all non-pregnant animals are culled then. Then we'll get some culling going on uh, at tail docking. In New Zealand, that's at six to eight weeks still. Um, they'll go through and uh, quickly examine the udders of the ewes, and any ewe that's dry at that stage, they'll cull as a way of reducing late spring summer feed demand. So those ewes are going out all the time during the year, dribbling out for those at those time points. Plus, on top of that, you get your deaths. Like a lot of the things you talked about, there are good reasons to call ewes from a flock. I suppose where we're going to come to the latter half of this episode is why are they leaving for those reasons? Um, Probably one of the issues that we need to cover in this is we've put in the same level of effort in getting that ewe into the flock day one, whether it be as a ewe lamb, whether it be as a two-toot hogger going to a ram. The cost associated with that ewe, the carrying capacity on the farm, is limited by that. So with the same effort going into a ewe, whether she lasts in the system for seven years or eight years, as we do if she only lasts for one season. That's right. That's right. You're putting the same effort in, certainly the, the, the same effort for the years she's still in the flock. Um, she's eating as much as you know as, as in her first year's life. A ewe that lasts for three years, it's the same amount of first year as one that lasts for seven years. But of course, the, the seven-year ewe that's diluted out. The, the big impact 
of um, high wastage is you need to keep more replacements. And by keeping more replacements, that means you'll have more younger ewes, you'll have more one-year-old yearling ewes, and more two-year-old ewes as a percentage of your overall flock. And we know that one-year-old and two-year-old ewes, um, when you breed them, have lower ovulation rates, and lower conception rates, more likely to, to be in the second cycle than the first often. Um, and they'll also produce less milk, so their total weaning weight is less. So if you've got more younger ewes as a percentage of your whole flock, your total weight of lamb weaned comes down, and you, you wean less total lambs. And because you've got more of these young ewes, especially in a, if you're in a scenario where you're not breeding them as yearlings, you've got more unproductive stock eating grass, so you've actually, again, got a smaller number of total ewes than you would otherwise have. And then the next effect of, of having less total ewes, because you've got more of these younger ewes, um, you'll wean less lambs. You've got less lambs to sell, so you get hit there financially. But, of course, of those lambs that you do wean, and there's less of them, a greater proportion of them need to be kept as replacements more. So you actually have less lambs, again, on top of that to sell. So you actually get hit twice when it comes to lamb sales by higher you uh, wastage. You know, you wastage is, is used at a loss through culling or dying. It's fair to say, probably with them first power eels, you get a large proportion of th- those late lambs that tend to be there in the later part of the season too. That's right. That's right. And they're going to those those later lambs are going to be lighter, and they're going to cost you more to get them up to a weaning weight in terms of cost of labour and feed. Okay. So look, just maybe important to clarify here: we're not suggesting we shouldn't keep an appropriate number of replacements or bring in young eels. The question is. Is there an opportunity there to maybe reduce some of that reproductive wastage or your wastage as we go on? So instead of maybe bringing in 25% on certain farms, can we peel that back slightly and keep more productive older ewes? That's where we're coming to with this. That's exactly right. And, and in our survey in New Zealand, we have farmers that have, have replacement rates of slightly less than 20%, up to farmers that have replacement rates, you know, just above 30%. And then you look at the you deaths during the year, we have... Farmers are only losing 5% ewes of deaths and other farms up at 15 to 18%. So there's huge variation there, which shows you it, it can be reduced uh, by knowing what your risk factors are and putting in management plans to try to uh, reduce those losses and get get in early to stop those ewes um, coming into a situation where they're either going to be cold because of condition or they're going to be cold because they failed to breed. Like the example you just mentioned there, this flock staying in a stable, totally own number, but you have a difference in replacement rate, something up about 12%, maybe higher in some cases. So in around the 20% is what we normally consider standard. But those flocks up to 30%, there's obviously something wrong in management on that farm that you can address to maybe reduce that, right? Like if we look at what are the couple of big things that stood out on those farms so, that, so that need to change in? Yeah, so under New Zealand conditions, um, there, there are a couple of health issues that stood out, which were, were teeth, um, lameness, but the, the biggest issue was um, use in poor body condition and or light light and live weight. And because those use become in a cyclic situation um, where they continue to be of poor body condition, they perform at a lower level in terms of their lamb percentage and their milk production, therefore the way the lamb is weaned, and they're at greater risk of being uh, culled. So we looked at the fact that, you know, at any one time point, a ewe that's in um, a poor body condition has a higher risk or a lower probability to still be in a flock the next year. So it's about targeting those poor condition ewes, especially those young ewes, putting the effort into those young ewes. If you've got a tail of young ewes, you know, one and two-year-old ewes that are already in good body con- um, poor body condition, 
they're the ones that are less likely to be there as five and six and seven year olds. Um, so you need to get into them early and put in a targeted plan to, to lift uh, their condition up. Now, whether that's targeted feeding of, of them separately, um, or whether it's having a bit of an investigation with your local veterinarian to see if you've got some underlying health issues. Just parse them too for a moment. Like when we talk about costs and investments, if you are looking at your sheep system in its entirety, you're spending a lot more money by not putting that input into those replacements in the early stage. In other words, and it's like this is a topic that's come up before in the podcast, putting in that investment into those replacements in that first year or first year and a half, depending on what stage you're making at, does pay you back long term. It always pays you back. Yep, yep. You, you can't under-emphasize how important it is to make sure uh, if you're breeding here as, as a yearling, that, that, that she's a good live weight and condition score before you even think about it and that you feed her well throughout her pregnancy and lactation. But even in the ones where you're not breeding as a yearling and you're going to breed them for the first time at 18, 19 months of age, they need to be at those targets. And if they're not at those targets, our on-farm study showed that they're the ones, the ones that don't reach those targets are the ones that are less likely to be there, at, not just at five or six years of age, but less likely to be there at four years of age. So you've, you've fed them that first year and they're gone by their fourth year. So rather, you really want to feed them well in the first year so you get six or seven years out of them, you get your return. And and that re, that feed in that first year, the cost of this will dilute it over many years. Yeah, look, something we touched on in the earlier podcast, which about early winning. If you had to break a cycle in a given year, that is the right action to take to address those issues. That's right. That's right. The, the, the easiest period of the year to, to get a you to get on the condition is um, when she's not lactating and before she's pregnant. Um, because... You know, when she's lactating, she's struggling to consume enough to meet milk production probably anyway. She's, she'll lose condition because that's her buffer. And in pregnancy, she's going to use her buffer. So that window from weaning to breeding is, is a very important uh, window, and it's an often underutilized uh, window to get your use right. People get to weaning and think, oh, yeah, the use is sorted, put them aside, now I'm going to focus on my lambs. And that's a very short-term approach because, you know, you, you, you know your lamb you're, you're going to sell within hopefully a couple of months, Whereas you, if she's a young you, you want her for five or six years. So you really want to be investing investing in her post her uh, first weaning and any you that's in poor condition. Yeah, managing the separate cord. Look, if, if we take the other aspects, the nutrition management has a huge role to play. There is a case though for the health issues on the farm too and potentially maybe looking at a cohort of those 10 years, getting in contact, in our case, with your veterinary region, veterinary labs and Maybe trying to get to the root of what is the problem, why are these continually thin? There could be an underlying head issue. I know that's something you've looked at as well on farms in New Zealand. Yeah, that's right. So, And and, and the health issues always differ from farm to farm. Um, there, there are some underpinning ones like lameness, feet, pneumonia that you seem to see on a lot of farms. And we also have yonis as well. Um, but then on some farms you'll have slightly different issues. And so you've got to be very careful about just taking a blanket approach. It is certainly worthwhile the financial investment to, to, to get a veterinarian in or a consultant in to look at your, you know, your poor condition, use the ones that are most likely to be cold and try to understand what's driving that and then come up with an animal health plan. Because if you're going to address that, not only will it influence those use, but it'll have the same influence the next 10 or 15 years and all the other use because you've addressed the underlying issue that's causing high wastage on your farm. Yeah, I think that's the important point. Like, okay, there's a slight short-term loss potentially. They are not in maybe looking at those tenures, maybe send them for PMs. But is that long-term gain? Like that, them health issues generally are on farm year to year. So you're investing in the future there, as opposed to having to deal with this consistently. That's right. 
That's right. And um, getting rid of the underlying health issues, not only will it uh, result in lower replacements, so, so you'll end up having more lambs to sell, it'll actually reduce your time and labour costs on your farm because, you know, when you've got sick animals or poor uh, conditioned animals, um, you end up putting more effort into them, trying to get them back all the time, and it becomes cyclic. So, Paul, like, in essence, a lot of this goes back to a lot of the basics. It might seem a little bit simplistic, but managing condition correctly, dealing with your health issues, engaging with professionals when you need them, it can make a big impact on your overall productivity in the flock over a number of years. That's right, and it can be as simple as, as, simple as that. I don't think we need to o- overthink it. Uh, you know, t- uh, Targeting those tail end ewes so you don't have those tail poor condition ewes, you know, having them around that three or higher all the time so they're less likely to get into these uh, health issue situations um, is really what you want to do and getting the, the right advice. And, of course, what you're also doing there is you're going to bring your lamp performance and everything else up with it and your financial margin. That's right. A, a, a better condition you, not only will she stay in the flock longer, she'll give birth to more lambs because you'll have a higher ovulation rate. Those lambs are more likely to survive because she'll produce more milk and those lambs will be heavier at weaning, so therefore you've got less inputs to get them to that uh, slaughter weight. All really good having you on today. Look, appreciate your time. An interesting topic, certainly one we should put a bit more attention into. Cheers. Thanks. We'll have to finish the episode up there. I'd like to thank Paul again for giving up his time to come on with us. Discuss what's a very important area. It's probably one that deserves more attention at farm level. He's highlighted some key management areas we can focus on to actually improve your longevity within a flock. I think they're applicable to any flock, regardless of culling rate or replacement level. It's all areas we can actually look at to improve our output and productivity and reduce the costs in our systems. That's it for me for this episode. Again, for updates from our sheep program, keep an eye on our Twitter page at Chocolate Sheep. I'm Kier Lynch. Thanks for joining us. Don't forget to subscribe and follow us for more episodes.